As we get started this morning, I want to remind everyone, as I said earlier, it is Family Sunday. I always say on Family Sunday that anything can happen, so parents keep that in mind later as we get ready. But Family Sundays are probably one of my favorite Sundays. I like all Sundays, but I love watching our younglings worship, and I think it's great that they get to see the adults in their lives worship through song and communion and giving offerings and stuff like that. Um, If you're here with a young person today, first of all, I want to say thank you. Um, for, for bringing them to church. And second of all, I want, I want to say that my prayer this week is that hopefully later you will have conversations with them about what we've done here this morning that will be fruitful, that will be some foundational things for them. Um, and, and also, parents, don't get too out of sorts um, if your kids are fidgety or whispering or anything like that. I have preached in many different churches in many different places. Uh, one of my favorite stories about Children in churches in Haiti. I went on several mission trips to Haiti, and we used to say that children's church in Haiti was the person that had the switch, because all the kids are just scattered throughout the audience. And if you were misbehaving, there's one lady, and she just walked around, whether it was her kid or not, and she would just tap you on the shoulder, and you would straighten right up. All right, and so that, that's how they do it in Haiti. Over at the Church of Christ in Mashoko, one of my favorite things is every Sunday is Youth Sunday there, because it's about a 600 member church. But like 400 members of that church are all children under 18 from like third grade to 18 years old. And so most of the church is youth. And I, we tell the adults to straighten up. <laughs> you know? So uh, I just I love seeing kids in church and I'm really excited. Um, and I have to start this whole series because we're, we're, we're closing out a series on finishing. And this is part of the TGIF series. I did a four-month series on, on truth, godliness, influence, and now finishing and, and how to finish well, to finish strong. And today I'm going to talk about some tools for endurance. But to get into that, I have to tell you this story. Um, I have no concept of time, so keep that in mind. When I say about eight weeks ago, it could have been longer than eight weeks ago. Um, we had a storm that went through and it leaned our neighbor's fence. And I've told this story to some of you. It leaned our neighbor's fence over into our yard. And, and it was just a section of the fence. It wasn't a big deal. And it wasn't really that bad, but it's, it's just leaning enough that there's a gap in the fence. Well, our neighbors have a dog and they have this dog. It's not a normal dog. Okay. It barks, which I know dogs do. This dog barks at everything. Okay, the sun comes up, this dog barks. The sun goes down, this dog barks. The wind blows, this dog barks. You open up the back door, this dog barks. It barks at everything. So of course, anytime it sees one of us go into the backyard or we go in the backyard with Jack, all it does is bark. And so for like three or four weeks, I kept saying to Mitzi, I wonder when our neighbor's gonna fix her stupid fence. Sometimes they listen to their dog barking and it won't see us every time we come out. And I was mowing our yard and I realized as I was mowing our yard, that's my fence. <laughs> that's the way the fence is set up, that's how, you know, the, I was like, that's my fence that's blown over. I thought, huh, I bet our neighbor's been saying the same thing to his family. <laughs> when is our neighbor going to fix this stupid fence? <laughs> What's wrong with this guy? So then we came home one Friday afternoon, uh, just a few weeks ago, to find out that our mailbox is laying on the ground. Someone hit it with the mirror of their car. Now, the funny thing about this is, our mailbox is right before a stop sign, and it's a heavy metal mailbox. And so there are a couple things here. One, they were definitely coming in hot to that stop sign, okay, because the mailbox was definitely separated from the rest of the post. Um, so they were coming in hot. Two, they had to be distracted by something, texting or a bee in the car. I'm hoping it was like a bee, and they were just, you know, swatting and swerving kind of thing. 
But three, they left behind the pieces of their mirror that fell off. So being the resourceful young man that I am, I uh, looked up the part numbers on the inside of the mirror, and it's from a Mazda MX-5. So if you happen to see a, a like gray Mazda MX-5 missing a passenger mirror, they hit my mailbox, but that's not the point. The, the point of that whole thing is to, to replace that mirror is, is over $200. So I, I tell you all these stories to tell you this. I had two projects at my house that required me to get the right tools in order to fix the issues and finish the project well. For my fence, obviously I had to go to my magical tool bag here and I had to pull out, I'd have my gloves because you can't get splinters, all right? And I had to get some nails because the fence won't fix itself. So I had to get some nails, had to get me a hammer. Do you think less of me that my hammer says sharp roofing and construction? That's the, that's the best hammer your preacher has, came from a promotional thing. From Sorry, I get distracted. So I had to get my hammer, I had to get the, the hammer, the nails. I had to get Dylan to come out and help me hold the fence up while we were doing a little bit of work. And, uh, and, and so I had to do all that to set it up right and to make my neighbor happy. To finish that job well, I had to get the right tools. Uh, for the mailbox, I did what any American would do. I just slapped on some duct tape and some zip ties, and it's just fine. Uh, and then Mitzi said, no, go do it right. So I went to Walmart and picked up a few supplies again to finish the job. Now, what does my sad story about my mailbox and my fence have to do with living a Christian life and finishing well? I'm glad you asked, AJ. I'm going to tell you what it has to do with all this. First off, things happen in life that are going to derail us a little bit along the way. Sometimes, like my fence, it takes us a while to even notice that it was us and not them. Sometimes, some things will happen to us on this journey, like my mailbox, that has nothing to do with me. And sometimes in life, people will just hurt us because they're distracted with their own pain or their own misery or their own whatever. And we don't do anything necessarily to deserve that uh, or the action that's happened to us. Maybe we didn't deserve it, but something something bad still happens sometimes. The question is, how do we move on from things like that? What tools do we need in our life in order to not just endure this life, but to finish it well? And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. I'm going to share with you some tools that we need, and I'm going to pull some of them out of my tool bag later, but the tools we need to finish well in the Christian life, no matter what, and these are the tools we need. I call them endurance tools. So if you're writing some things down, you need to get your endurance tools. The first endurance tool that we need, every Christian should not be without is going to be your Bible. If you want to finish well in this life, you're going to need this tool. All right? Um, and, and with that, with Scripture, goes prayer. Okay? Uh, so you can kind of put those together. These two go together. And they're important for finishing well in life. <clears throat> they're important for finishing well in, in the life of a Christian. It's the most direct way that we can communicate and hear from God. See, Paul knew the value of Scripture and he shared it with Timothy. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 17, if you will. Timothy writes this, or excuse me, Paul writes this to Timothy. You, however, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of knowing from whom you have learned them. And that from childhood, you have known the sacred writings, which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God. And profitable, this is where our kids fall in. They need to understand this. All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, 
for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. Stop right there on that slide for a second. What that means to my younglings is that as your parents or your grandparents discipline you, God says they should. It's good for you. It's from God. You know it's true, Micah. I see you smiling. It's from God. It's good for correction. It's good for training in righteousness. It's not just because we want to to lord over you. We want to train you up in righteousness. Go on to the next one. So that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. I always tell Dylan, ever since he was little, my prayer for Dylan is that he would be the greatest man of God for his generation. That's my prayer for these guys. I teach our kindergarten through second grade Sunday school class. And that's my prayer for the, for the young men in that class is that they will grow up to be the greatest men of God for their generation because we need great men of God. And that comes from this tool. And it comes from parents and grandparents using this tool for, for correction, for reproof, for discipline of our kids and our young people. Paul is encouraging Timothy to do what we all need to be doing. We need to make sure that we are spending time with God in Scripture along with accountability, which I'm going to get into in a little bit, it's the best way for us to overcome sin. If you have a sin problem in your life, there's an answer for it right here. I promise you. Take a look at some of these verses that will help you to deal with some of the things that most of us struggle with, whether we want to admit it or not. And by the way, if I read a verse that sounds like it was written specifically for you, write it down, read it and pray about it later and see if it doesn't help you change your heart a little bit. First thing, is pride. Does anybody deal with pride? Anyone ever deal with pride? No? Okay. All right. It's, you don't have to necessarily thank you. Somebody, honest people, some folks raise their hand. Pride, here's the problem. We live in Alabama, okay? And, and we've got two things going for us in Alabama, whether you like it or not, all right? Space and football. And you don't have to like Alabama or Auburn to, to, to talk about that. It's just, it's how it is. And so, there are people in, in other countries that, that actually, um, I forgot where it was now. I think someone was in the Philippines and took a picture. There was a, an Alabama Roll Tide shop in the Philippines. Like, there it was. And, and so it's like, so we say, where's your team pride? Where's your school pride? Where? Sometimes pride is, is more than that. And, and sometimes the pride we deal with isn't just we're number one because we're a great football team. The pride that we deal with sometimes is, well, clearly I have it all together. What's wrong with you? And when we get into that, right here, Romans chapter 12, verses 14 through 16 says this. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. See, we don't get to lord over somebody because we one-upped them or because we did something better. It says rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not be haughty in mind, but associate associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Never pay back. This is the hard one. Uh, yeah, d- associate with the lowly. Do not, do not be wise in your own estimation. And then I have one more verse, which you don't have, and that's my bad. But verse 17 says, never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. See, that's where... If you've got a pride issue, that's something we need to understand. Well, I don't deserve to be treated like that. My mailbox didn't deserve to get whacked off its little post either, but it sure happened. And we fixed it. Don't pay back evil for evil. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. Hey, any liars out there? Any any liars? 
Amen. Thank you. Thank you. All of you who didn't raise your hand, you're lying in church right now. Shame on you. Kids, don't lie. Okay. Proverbs 26, 24 through 28 says, He who hates disguises it with his lips, but he lays up deceit in his heart. When he speaks graciously, do not believe him, for there are seven abominations in his heart. Um, though his, his hatred covers itself with guile, his wickedness will be revealed before the assembly. He who digs a pit will fall into it, and he who rolls a stone, it will come back on him. A lying tongue hates those it crushes, and a flattering mouth works ruin. I don't like Proverbs. That's harsh. A lying tongue hates those that it crushes. How about laziness? Yeah. Bible's got, hey, there's the tool to overcome laziness right here. First Thessalonians chapter four, verse 11 and 12. I know y'all are picking your feet up. You're like, man, why did he, why did he come back? Wish he was still sick. <laughs> Make it your ambition to lead a quiet life and attend to your own business and work with your hands just as we commanded you. Did you see that? Make it your ambition to lead a quiet life and attend to what? Your own business. See, we, we like to be lazy and be like, hey, you missed a spot over there. Attend your own business. Verse 12, so that you will behave properly toward outsiders and not be in any need. If you're taking care of business at home and you're taking care of your family, you're going to behave properly towards everybody, whether they're your family or not, and, and your, your needs are going to be met. And so it's lead a quiet life, attend to your own business. Now, this next one's for my children's. Where are my younglings? Everybody paying attention? Here we go. Because none of you do this, but if you did, there's a verse about it, about disrespecting your parents. Ooh, and a hush falls over the crowd. They're like, family Sundays aren't fun anymore. Ephesians 6, 1 through 3 says, children, where are my children? Let me see your hands. Raise them up high. Yeah, if you're under 18, you're children. Go ahead, Dave. You can jump in on the, yeah. Thank you, Seth. Children, (laughs) obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Remember, Paul wrote to Timothy, all scripture is God-breathed. And I just told you, obey your parents, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. By the way, that promise is that you would live long. It's true. When you, when you look at Exodus and it, and it goes through the Ten Commandments, the promise there on, on children obey your parents, your, your, your mother and your father, the promise is you will live long. So if you want to live long, obey your parents. So that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. There it is. Um, <laughs> You want to live long, obey your parents. 1 Corinthians 6, 18 through 20 says, Flee immorality. Every other sin that a man commits is outside the body, but the immoral man sins against his own body. And this, this is the verse I want you to hear. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? You have been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. See, we have the tools. Hey, real quick, if you have your, um, your cell phone, take, get your cell phone out, hold it up real quick. Everybody grab your cell phones. 
Some of you were real quick to do that. I don't know what you're playing. Like, what, uh, Bejeweled or something. <laughs> Candy Crush. Who's playing Candy Crush in church? All right, cell phones up, cell phones up. Here it is. This next one, you're going to love me for this because I just, I just roped you all in and you're going to be like so angry. Exodus chapter 20, verses 3 through 6 says, You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol or any likeness of what is in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the water under the earth. You shall not worship them or serve them. For I am the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children of the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. And verse 6, but showing loving kindness to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. Okay, look, I'm just hacking on you. I love my cell phone too, but you get the point. It's a tool. Most of us have the Bible on our cell phones, but we also have to be careful. The time we spend on our cell phone is time we're not spending with our family, or maybe not is time that we're not completely committed to work. And these verses I've shared are really for uh, when we realize that it's our fence that's down and needs to be fixed. That's what I've just shared with you. But what about when someone hurts us or lashes out at us for no reason? I've got a, a little something in my bag I want to get in my, my tool bag here. Oh, yeah. I keep all kinds of stuff in my tool bag. Grapes. The elder said I can't throw them. I had an idea. Frank said it wasn't a good one. But grapes, are, they're the best. These are good, too. They're called Midnight Beauties, and they're sweet, and they're kind of crispy. Mm. They're good. They, uh, all right. Sorry. So what do grapes have to do with endurance? <laughs> they keep you going. My favorite verse encourages me during times when people come. Uh, it's from, and they hurt, hurt. They come with hurt. And it's from Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 through 20. Now, believe it or not, in my line of work, the people that lash out and say or do hurtful things are usually Christians. Uh, and, and when they lash out and they say something, it's because they're confused or they listen to someone or something else, and then they lash out at me for something. And so I take comfort in these words from Jesus about grapes. And it's in verse 15. He says, Beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their, say it with me, fruits. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes nor figs from thistles, are they? And when people give me a hard time, I just think grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes. I just eat me some grapes. You'll know. Oh, is that where we are? Yeah. You will know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes nor figs from thistles, are they? Verse 17 says, so every good tree bears what? Good fruit. But the bad tree bears bad fruit. Uh, what kind of tree do you want to be? Good tree. Thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah, you want to be a good tree. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then, you will know them by their fruits. So, Christian, do you want to be known by a sweet fruit like a grape? Or do you want to be known as a lemon? But nobody likes lemons. Well, we do to a point, but you understand what I'm saying. Grapes are good. That's the point. If people are producing sour fruit in their Christian life, you may want to step away from them. They're hitting your mailbox, people. 
Surround yourself with good trees that produce good fruit. Also, in order to finish well, you need to be a good tree yourself. Now, these verses are just some examples of how we need to use the tools of Scripture and prayer in order to be prepared to finish well. And this next endurance tool is a big one. And I'm going to get it out of my bag here in just a second. It's going to take me a minute. And it's a big tool. It's not easy to get. It was hard to get in here. And so I'm going to have to get it out of here again. Um, man. Ah, there it is. Told you it was hard to get in there. It's the church. See? Here's the steeple. Here's the door. All the people. Okay? Endurance tool is the church. Look around. Go ahead, look around this place. This, I'm, I'm going to mess some of you up really bad right now. All right, so brace yourselves. This is not a sanctuary. It's not a holy place. It's just a building. It's brick and mortar and steel and drywall and paint, some glass. This place is a tool. It's a place for us to come together. That's for sure. But remember this, when Christ died on the cross, God himself tore the curtain in the Holy of Holies in the temple and that curtain separated man from God. And God said no more. Yes, we need to be good stewards of this tool. We need to take good care of it. We need financial viability in things like maintenance and upkeep. And we want Huntsville Christian Church to look nice. But we need to remember that we come here to worship him. We don't come here to worship this place. This building is a tool, and we need to take care of our tools. But if, and if we leave it in the tool bag, all right, if we just keep, keep it closed except for on Sundays, and we don't allow the community in, and we don't do things, if we just leave it in the tool bag, it becomes good for nothing. So we have to take the building out of the tool bag because, because we don't want it to be good for nothing. We also can't neglect it because then it becomes broken and useless. There's nothing worse than a broken tool. Have you ever painted a room and you forgot to clean out that one paintbrush? Yeah, and you didn't wrap it up in plastic and put it, you didn't do any of those tricks and, and you come back to it and you pick it up and it's like stiff as a board and it's like, yeah, it's useless. And you just have to throw it out. What happens to this building if we're not changing light bulbs and making sure the roof isn't leaking all over the place? What happens if we never clean out the cobwebs in the corners, never update the tile and the equipment in the bathrooms? It begins to look more like the haunted mansion at Disney than less like a place to come and worship God. You see, if we're going to finish well, we need to be good stewards of the house that we're inviting people into for fellowship and worship of our Lord and Savior. But enough about the building, because there's another part of the church, and I think you get the talk about the building. There's another part of the church I want to really focus in on, and it's you. It's the people. See, because you are the church. With or without the building, we are the church. Look around real quick. Look, Look at the people sitting beside you. Go ahead, look at them. Look at them until it gets uncomfortable. <laughs> like really, look at, look at the people you don't really know. And to our visitors and guests, I want to apologize to you. I don't normally do what I'm about to do, okay? And they say you should never do this because it makes people uncomfortable. But it's fun and it's family Sunday and we can do this. You see, most of you sit with the same person or the same people every week. And that's nice. You get to know them. It's comfortable. It, it gets comfortable. Like here... <clears throat> In my, uh, in my tool bag, I've got these sockets, and they just, they just lay here in the bottom of the bag. And they're, they're just there. There's a whole bunch of them. 
And, and they're just there when I need them. They're always together. And they don't really do anything because they're always just together. It's not a bad thing to be comfortable. It's not a bad thing to be together. But, but here's what I want you to do. I'm going to make, we're going to get uncomfortable. Okay. Thank you. So first off, I need everybody to stand up. Yep, stand up. Pick up your stuff. This is like an old-fashioned game of Red Rover back when we were in middle school. And, and I want you to just kind of to move around. I want you to move. And as you move to another seat, I want you to find somebody that you weren't sitting with this morning when you got here. And I just want you to say hi. I want you to introduce yourself. Hopefully you know them. If you don't, it's okay. And listen, while, while we're doing this, just get comfortable. You come up here with me? Okay, come on. You guys can come up here with me. I'm good. You got one on either side. Yep, you got to be right here. You want some grapes? You can have some grapes. They're good grapes. They're good grapes. Oh, they ran my wife off. Where'd she go? I don't know. I'm going to eat some grapes while they're doing that. You're too slow. I fed him grapes. Look. He's in the back somewhere. Okay, you can't take forever. You got to sit with your new friends in your new seats. Joey, find you somebody. Where are we going to sit? You stand right here. Oh, Eris is here for All grapes right. too. They came because they love me. Not you. Just came for grapes, Rick. <laughs> Hey, Chris and Lissette, you guys scoot over. Let them in. That's good enough. Fair enough. All right. Now, here's, here's the next thing. And thank you for playing along. Now, I want you to look at the person that you're sitting with. All right? And if you haven't introduced yourself, do that already. Yeah, you don't get a seat. You came up here where there's no seats, but thank you because a lot of people don't always in- engage me when I tell you to do stuff. So thanks for coming up here. Now, here's what I want you to do. All right. I want you to invite the people you're sitting with to have lunch with you either this Sunday or next Sunday. Now, here's the catch. Some of you are thinking, I may not come back. He made me move from my seat. He made me leave my family to sit awkwardly with somebody else. I'm going to have to ask a family to lunch and I haven't talked to my wife yet. I'm going to clear this up real easy. You're going to pay for your own lunch. Okay, if somebody invites you to lunch, they're not saying, hey, we're going to pay for your whole family. But you just, that's what we're going to do. So will y'all have lunch with us either this week or next week? I haven't talked to my wife yet. But She's not sitting with anybody. Did she? Well, that's, Ina said, don't sit so close to me. She's good at you. So, but that's why I figure, you know, we can have lunch. We got a couple of weeks to work this out. All right. And I'll let Andrew pay for my lunch. The, here's the problem. We've been here 53 years in this community, and that's awesome. But we get comfortable. And we get comfortable in our places. We get comfortable in our building. And, and we get comfortable where we're at. And we get comfortable with the tool. And then it just stops working the way it was designed. And, and where we can sit 
and, and, and do what we want to do. And, and we're just looking at each other. We need each other. You see, the church is not the building. The church is the people. And the people, us, we need to love each other. We, we need, and in that love comes my favorite uh, endurance tool that nobody likes. It's accountability. You see, because as we love each other, as we go through life with each other, as we go have lunch with each other, your wife is going to say things to me like, John, get your elbows off the table. Yes, ma'am, because you're not supposed to do that. And so, you know, I can't set a bad example for the kids. But that's what we do. That's where accountability starts. and We start to love. You know, um, this thing about love and, and what people do. If you guys want to sit down, you can, because I got a few minutes here. And, or you can stand. I don't want to wear you out. Um, but but this, this, this endurance tool that's accountability, that's love, it comes in the way that we, we help each other out. My buddy Chris Marsden was here a few weeks ago. He preached. And one of my favorite things about Chris and his wife's name is Christine, about Chris and Chris Marsden, is as we went through college together, we used to pay each other's bills. It wasn't ever a loan. It was just one of those, man, I'm a little short on this. Okay. And next month he would be like, hey, we're a little short on this. Okay. And, and we just did that. That's what you do. You pay each other's bills. You mow each other's yards. You fix the preacher's fence. I already did it. It's okay. Um, you meet each other's needs and not just when something bad happens. Here's an idea. I love, I love church people, but I think we have it backwards. When something bad happens, what do we do? Now, well, we do cry, but, but then we show up. Hey, this bad thing happened in your life. Here's a box of chicken. Now, I appreciate the sentiment behind that, okay? But I have to tell you, an apple pie tastes so much better when I'm well than when I don't feel good. I see I got an amen from back. That's right. It's true. How about, and again, I get it. When, when you, and the sentiment behind it is, hey, you've got other things to worry about. Let me bring you a meal. And that's great. But man, show up at my house with a couple racks of ribs for no reason except to say, hey, let's have some ribs. That's awesome. And we're all healthy and we can celebrate life. It's not a bad thing. I promise you, people will enjoy that food a whole lot more when you show up and go, hey, let's eat. I brought pizzas. Who doesn't like a pizza, right? All right, sorry. I want to tell you something really quick about the early church, and we're going to wrap this up. On the day of Pentecost, Peter preached a sermon, and people were convicted in Acts chapter 2, verses 41 through 47. Look at what happens here. Oh, I just minimized my whole sermon. Okay, there we go. So I told you I was excited. He says, so then those who had received his word were baptized, and that day they were added about 3,000 souls. They were continually devoting. Now, pay attention to what they were doing. They're continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe, and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. Day by day, this is, this is one of my favorite things, day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart. Listen, I know you love your family. Take them too, but take somebody else to lunch and break bread with gladness and sincerity of heart. 
while you're well, while you're healthy, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. You see, they didn't have church buildings yet. Yet they had the temple that they went to, but they started meeting in houses. They didn't have bylaws and programs and cobwebs and and huge community events, but what they had in common was Jesus. And you know what? If that's all you have in common with the people in this room is Jesus, that's enough. The Bible says in verse 46, day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day, those who were being saved, continuing with one mind. Folks, they were primed for our mission statement. They didn't even know it. Go to win. They were primed to go win more people for Christ. And they were set to commit to grow because it says they they continued to listen to what the apostles were teaching them. And they grew in their relationship with Christ and they, they were committed to grow in their relationships with each other. Are you committed to grow in relationships with the people in this room just as you're committed to grow in your relationship with Christ? If you are, then go to lunch with them today or next Sunday. And when they did those simple things, the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. He didn't add to their number those who were being saved because of the music. No offense. You guys do a great job. But he didn't do it because of the music. They didn't do it um, because of the preaching. I know I'm only so good. I get it. All right. They didn't do it because of the greeters or the carpet color or the paint color. He added to their number day by day those who were being saved because the people cared. Because the people loved, because the people were committed to Scripture, to the teachings. They were committed to prayer. They were committed to one another. Hey, stop pinching each other, you two. I'll come down there. I will pull this church over. (laughs) They were committed and they cared. He added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Because the people, the Christians, liked each other enough and cared, cared enough for each other to do life together. To eat in each other's homes. To worship together in the temple. To meet one another's needs during good times and bad. Folks, we need to continue together in one mind. And that one mind is that we all get behind the Great Commission and do our part. Jesus said to the church in Matthew chapter 28. I know he spoke directly to his disciples, but I consider them a small group. So they're part of the church. So that's how that justifies in my mind when he said to the church, Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. That's where we get our mission statement. Go to win and commit to grow. You see, we have a job to do. It's on us to do our part to finish well. And if we do our part to finish well, God will do his part. He has given us the tools that we need to get the job done. We've got some nice tools. The building, his word especially, we have everything we need to get our job done. Now we just have to do it. He's given us his word. Look around. He's given us each other to lean on, to count on, to have accountability with, to sharpen one another like iron sharpens iron, to serve one another, to care for one another as we come To our response time this morning, here's the response I'm looking for. First off, go ahead and stand with me as we get ready to sing this song. But as the music starts, just lean over to the person next to you and ask them to have lunch with your family. 
That's the response for today. If you want to pray, the elders are here. We'd love to pray with you. If you want to talk more about baptism or something like that, but I'm serious. The only response I'm looking for is for you to go eat. And most of you are going to do it anyways. Does it mess up your plan a little bit? Yeah, probably, but that's okay. We can be inconvenienced for Jesus. It's a good thing. And, and so it's not just awkward. Like I said earlier, you're going to pay for your own meal. It, it, you're, not, you're not saying that you're going to pay for a whole family of seven or anything like that. Just, you know, you're just going to lunch together. You're just going to go eat. Will you sing our response song with us this morning and respond to God's word? Thank you, Andrew. He responded in our response song and asked if my family would go to lunch with them. So I said, yes, Mitzi. Sorry. We'll uh, it would be good. Andrew said he was buying. He had allowance. So, um, it's been great to be here with you all this morning. Like I said, I love family Sundays. And I hope I haven't in, um, inconvenienced you all too much. And thank you for playing along. Um, it's always great to be here to worship with you, to share with you from God's word. But now it's time to go. As you go this week, go remembering the endurance tools that I've shared with you this morning. Scripture and prayer, church and accountability. And go considering how you can use them not only this week, but every week to not just merely endure in this life, but to go to win, commit to grow, and to finish well. Will you sing this last song with us?